Welcome back to Unemployed with Anna Roisman. Oh my God, we're almost 100 years old, if you can believe. And let me tell you, I am I am all over the place. I was very employed today. It's miraculous. I can't wait to tell you about it afterwards. But first, we have an amazing guest today. I'm very excited. He's an old friend. We've done so many fun things together. You're going to love him. He's a very funny comedian. He's also a brilliant writer. He's written for the New York Times, New York Magazine. He has a very viral uh, TikTok um I was going to say series, I guess, called Jewish or Anti-Semitic. You can go catch some of the ones I've been on. And um, also he has a podcast called Good Jew, Bad Jew. Say that 10 times in a row. We've got Eitan Levine with us today. Hello. Hey. What's up? Hi. You were were on that show. I was. I was. We talked Passover stuff. That's what I remember. Very timely. Yes. We talked Passover. We did Sex in the City. We did game shows. Yes. And then afterwards, we had to look it up to see, to make sure that Steve is not Jewish. I know. Unfortunately, he is, yeah. though. You know, like he's the most Jewish. Yes. He's even the- though he's not. Yeah. His character is Jew E. He himself is Jewish. Uh, but we had a lot of uh, jokes about him being a full on Jew that afterwards we were like, OK, maybe. But he's out. David Eigenberg. You know what I mean? Yes. You're not going to see an mm-hmm. Eigenberg celebrating Christmas. He's never celebrated Christmas no. on the show that I know of. Um, Wasn't there something with the mom? Yeah, there's no Eigenbergs at church. I mean, no, definitely no. not. If there are, they're in the basement. You know what I mean? Saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're doing the books. But the that is, for the listeners who don't know what this is, that is the point of your uh, your whole shtick is, is it Jewish or is it anti-Semitic? And you yeah. ask mostly Jewish people, right? You ask people. I ask everybody. Oh, okay. Because it's interesting seeing how non-Jewish people interpret the concept of Judaism and the concept of anti-Semitism, you know? Yeah. And then there's also that whole bigger question of like, uh, you know, like, what is anti-Semitism? Like, it does have to be mean spirited. You know, we can talk about this for <laughs> and that's something that you can all muse about at home. Uh, honestly, yeah, that's a whole topic for sure. And what I- do you think about Israel? Oh, uh, where's that? Uh, <laughs> let's start from the beginning. No, yeah. but I was going to say, um, you know, you you say anti-Semitism because, you know, we do comedy. We like to go the extra, uh, I'd say, mile, you know, in terms of, of hitting real, you know, hitting it really hard. But really, is it is it Jewish or not Jewish? I think yeah. that's that's pretty much, you know. And there's foods, a vibe. TV shows. Yes, yes, yes. There's and a it lot is of, fun. A lot of people, like when I ask them, they like take a step. They're like, uh, I don't even know how to interpret this. I'm like, don't overthink it. Just like first thought, best thought with it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Are you good at this yourself when people ask you what your gut is? Yeah. Well, what's good is that if you invent the game, you become the best at it, you know? Really? Like, yeah. Like I, if if I made the rules of basketball, I would just make, uh, first of all, it'd be sitting, you know, (laughs) 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 but like I, people can argue back with me. I mean, like in the comment section, occasionally people will argue back with me. I'll just be like, no, like, I'm right. You know, they'll think like this thing is like a Jewish when it's anti-Semitic or, or vice versa. You are yeah. my my most uh, I feel like you're you're my most Jewish friend. I feel like you're I, I feel like if I have any question about Judaism, you're going to be the first person I text. Yeah. What's funny is that like uh, then uh, like Orthodox Jews uh, feel the opposite. <laughs> they think I'm yes. like a terrorist, basically. Probably. They, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's like interesting that I've been putting because the thing is, I didn't try to angle myself into this world of like Jewish content, but it just was so natural to me 
someone. And then what's also funny is that like historically, you know, my run in the Jewish community has been uh, questionable. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've, uh, I've definitely haven't vibed super well with parts of it. And I definitely, there were times in my life where like I left it completely and then I have to come back to it like organically. So it is to me kind of interesting that because it had this like sordid history with Judaism and the community that now I've become a little bit of like a face in it. Yeah. Uh, and it did dawn on me when, cause I recently did shows in Anchorage, Alaska and I was in oh, a yeah, cafe. I saw that you were, yeah. we were all over the world, man. Oh yeah. I did shows for a synagogue in Anchorage. <laughs> there are two synagogues in Anchorage. You know, there's nothing more Jewish than the fact that the Jews in Anchorage, Alaska have a synagogue they go to. And then a synagogue where they're like, we don't go to that synagogue. Uh-uh, wow. We don't go wow. to Beth Shalom. <laughs> uh, but That's while I was wild. there, a bunch of like kids like recognized me in a, in a cafe. I get recognized by a lot of college kids. Uh, in this TikTok set, but like in a cafe in Anchorage, they like recognized me. So I was like, that's, that's insane that's cool. that I have become the face of, of this. It's wild. You know, yeah. you know, what's nice about playing a character on TikTok. No one recognizes me. That's, that's yeah. nice. They I would want- never know I play Steve. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get stopped ever. And people are like, Hilaria. Mm-mm. Do you Mm-mm. know I was behind her once? Uh, true story. I was at a, I was in a bakery in the Hamptons. The one time I was ever in the Hamptons, I was in bakery of the Hamptons and right in front of me, Alec Baldwin and Hilaria. And she ordered tortillas. What'd you get? <laughs> she, well, she asked my friend Brittany um, for the best muffin. No, the, for the best muffin. Beautiful. There. Yeah, my, sounds my friend, nice. My friend gave her like the, it was like someplace with like $17 sandwiches or whatever. Mm. But then like a week later, like the Alec Baldwin thing happened with the, with oh. the, with the shoot. Yeah. Like literally like us, he was cool. And then us and then. Wow. That and, fucking you know. cursed muffin. Damn. I know. I know. <laughs> oh my God. That's wild. And um, yeah, no one's asked me about it. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So I got to talk to you. You're one of the busiest people I know. I, you really yes. are. And I'm, I am, I'm very, I respect you a lot and I'm glad. Thank you for having the time to, uh, to, to sit with us for an hour and hang. Oh, um, anytime. You're busy. Also, <laughs> you're always doing stuff, you know, sometimes, but sometimes I'm really not, you know, <laughs> But that's the, can I make this general statement that yeah. now I don't know if I never experienced this before a pandemic, but since pandemic and since stuff has started opening up, my weeks are either insanely underwhelming or like suffocatingly overwhelming. Yeah. Like there hasn't been a homeostasis. If this is the unemployed show, we want to have a talk about this. I don't, I think everyone is dealing with this thing of like, everything is coming in waves of like. Mm-hmm everything will get like green later, like approved or like funded this. And then two weeks later, like, I feel like I'm never going to work again. And then two weeks after that, you know, like I'm having panic attacks and JFK. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm stuff. glad it's only two weeks for you. I feel like I go like four or five months of like, where's my next yeah. paycheck coming from? <laughs> oh, I'm very successful though. No, there I don't. You <laughs> there you go. That's no, the attitude it, you have to have. <laughs> Honestly, that work begets work. You say that you, you know, I, uh, it was a bleak winter. This was a really, I don't think, I mean, like I, there were parts during winter. I was like, this is, this is nothing's coming because Omicron after Omicron from Omicron all the way through the end of, of winter, it was bleak. I think for everybody, yeah. unless you had like a full-time job, um, no, you know. I did not. I lost a, a gig, a very solid job on December 14th. And it's been, it was slow. Now yeah. it's picking up. And exactly like you said, everything comes in one week. Like I had two things to do today, which in the old, in the, in the before COVID times, that's nothing, right? We yeah. go, we do one thing, 
We go, I had a couple Another hours thing. even. I could, I could go to Starbucks and then go to another thing. Today, I, I feel like I ran a fucking marathon. Like yeah. my feet hurt. I walked six blocks. I was like, this is. <laughs> this is it's not Everyone's day. out of shape. And everyone also, this is the other thing. Zoom is 10 times more draining than in-person stuff. But at the same time has made in-person stuff 50 times more draining than before pandemic. Yeah. So nothing yeah. is equal now. Stuff will make me tired, uh, you know, like emotionally tired way quicker. Yeah. No. I worked all weekend. Yeah. I'm feeling it today. And I was like, I was like, I hope I can talk through this podcast, but guess what? <laughs> we're doing it. We're doing we're, it. We're I'm here. talking. We're here and we're doing we're it. Um, so tell me what you've been doing. What I want to yeah. know, cause I don't actually know what happened, but like, where were you when the pandemic happened? Like uh, employment yeah. wise, what were you doing? I was at that time employed full, full time at the Wuhan coronavirus center. Shut the fuck up. No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. You really uh, started that strong. I was like, no, it's called acting. Uh, it wouldn't surprise it me though with some of your jobs that I know you've had that we'll get yeah. into. It wouldn't surprise me though. If you were like, I was doing yeah. social media for them. Like, no big deal. <laughs> I was making uh, humor. I was making one second reels for uh, for the, the I don't know even what's it called, the virology department. <laughs> what is it, the virology lab? Whatever. Yeah. Don't cancel yourself no, no, no. on my podcast. <laughs> I, uh, at that time, what I was doing was that I was preparing to go on tour with a Jewish Arab Muslim comedy tour called okay. Shalom Habibi that I wow. was running. And the first thing that I had to do was cancel oh five. Yeah. I was scheduled on a show with you. Yeah, you were for sure. Were it, a thousand percent. I remember this yeah. in Pittsburgh. I yeah. think it was Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wow. You were. My brain just went. That feels like 40 years ago. <laughs> it's in, it's in fucking insane to think about how long ago this was. It was, this was, I had, it was March and April were the first two months I was ever going to sustain myself just on stand up. Right. <laughs> you picked and a solid time. Yeah. The best time, not a month before, oh, not a month. No, nope. but I was just like March 13th, 2020. Like, it, it, but the thing was March 16th was the start of this tour. Mm -hmm. So, and so, and it was more than that where it was like, man, now I'm thinking back to, I may cry in the middle of this. No, there, I had to book every show was four to six comics that I had arranged flights and like the, you know, just the logistics for, mm -hmm. for like 13 something shows or something. And then like it all cracked, but then, so it was undoing this like tangle. Luckily, you know, like, you, like at that point it was blanket uh, refunds. So it wasn't like I was ever in the hole for any of this stuff. Okay. But um, you know, I had to like undo a tangle of like bookings and everything. Yeah. Uh, so that, that, and then, uh, you know, and then my grandmother, uh, died of coronavirus at the end oh, of, sorry. um, which, you know, uh, yeah, it was awful. And it, it was at the end of, uh, Mar end of March, early April is when she got it. Mm. So that it was weird being recently <laughs> going from the high of like planning this comedy tour that had legitimately sold 18, 16, 18 dates mm. to everything is shutting down to my grandmother dying. Um, and we were, it wasn't like a, we were very, very close. Um, and that got real, real fast yeah. for you. Like it was, it, it was great. It was like absolutely great. So it was like, it really felt like everything was like, you know, it, it, it stopped, it, it, you know, it, happening at once, congealing yeah. terribly at once. And then 
you know, so at the, so then in April, I wrote uh, like an op-ed about it for the New York times about the experience. Uh, mm-hmm. And I think that I was like, this. yeah. So that was like, kind of like the turnaround. It was like a dark comedy thing. Um, and uh, what I'm happy is that, is that it, it has since it got picked up to be turned into like a short film that's being shot at the end of July, which I'm very happy amazing. about. Uh, that's very amazing. Dubby. Congrats. So that's like one of the things I'm like working on now is that it, it does feel like two years after this thing, like the, I mean, another I, part is I, the, the, uh, the merch for the Shalom Habibi tour were these beanies that said yarmulke mm-hmm. or Habibi on it. And then I had a box of 50 of these fucking beanies in my apartment. And then all of a sudden I was stuck with these 50 beanies in this massive box in my apartment. And because I started wearing them on TikTok people have started to buy them off of my Etsy yeah, and I sold, absolutely. I just had to buy a new batch awesome. of them. That's so great. full circle on that also, but you it know, all I, worked yeah. out for a reason. I mean, that, like, yeah. you know, as unfortunate as circumstances were like, at least you're seeing some positive stuff come out of it now. Yeah. Like, I, I think every, all of the comics that are still around doing stuff had a very entrepreneurial spirit. And I'm sure you, you know, you do so many things and you do so many shows and stuff like that. And I think you of all people has been someone that's like navigated the, the digital reality that we're kind of in now. So I think that was also like very big part of the recovery, mm-hmm. you know, was, uh, yeah. Some people out. didn't adapt as well. And some people, yeah. you know, and some people just like to perform live on stage and that's okay yeah. too, you know? And, and there wasn't a lot of live comedy. Like yeah. I mean, I, I had the, I, I had the second, Either the first or second um, stand-up show back after coronavirus was uh, I was I in that the, was my in show the parking lot that was yeah. so fun yeah it was on the back of a flatbed truck and people had to turn their car radio to an FM radio station so they could tune in uh, and then also I remember that they couldn't honk their horns because the diner was afraid of noise complaints. <laughs> So people would the flash lights. their high beams. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they would flash I their high this. beams. So, so funny. Such it, the weirdest ever experience was saying a joke that you knew was funny and then watching a visual risk. Like you see a sea of lights popping up mm-hmm. and but you're not hearing anything. So it feels empty, but you know, they're watching. So like you still it was like true. What a weird so funny. Man. What a weird time. You're going to tell that to your grandchildren one day. You're going to be like, one time I did comedy for car lights, okay? (laughs) You need (laughs) a laugh? Uh Uh-uh. Worst so uh, the worst thing that happened, uh, uh, weirdest pandemic comedy experience. Because then I said, so like I said, I kept on doing comedy, whatever. Um, And, uh, you know, keep this in the show or not. But one time I was doing a show and it was at a place called Cowgirl Seahorse and it's outside. And I'm hosting the show uh, and it's for someone else's show. I'm hosting it. And all of a sudden, a bunch of helicopters show up and start circling there because we're right by a bridge and I get off stage and the owner of the bar goes classic active jumper. And it turned out that the show was happening under an active jumper. (gasps) And then we just did a show under and then because no one really knew and then all of a sudden the helicopters left and what, and it turned, someone had found out on their phone, either citizen app or something that like someone had jumped in the middle of the show, like right <gasps> above us. And that was like, tr- that was one of the worst. Oh, God. I remember going back on the, I remember going back on the train and feeling so icky like about it. And then I also remember that there was another comic on there. I'm not going to say who, but like, 
he had made some point where he was like, it, you know, it was very triggering because he knew somebody that had passed um, in a similar way. And he was like seeing that many helicopters surrounding that person. Like it was kind of nice to know that like in their last moments that, you know, like people cared a little bit mm-hmm. and I'm like, what are we getting out? Like this, sh- why are these shows? Like, this is insane. Like that. Yeah. This is the, you know, that's the, awful. The but you didn't know, happening. you know what I mean? You didn't know people yes. got to make a living. People got to still do what they, you know, that's funny. Do. You think it was paid. Uh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I'm just saying no, like, yeah. that's your craft. That's what you got to do. You weren't like, Hey, yeah. let's, let's pick this building on purpose. No, it was, it was such a, it was such a weird moment in time where you're just yeah. like, it, it, you, it, you see something that happens that is so undescribable and there's no lessons to be taken out of it except for holy crap, that is the craziest thing that I've witnessed. And I mean, I think that's the past like, you know, two years have been. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, yeah, even seeing the yeah. trucks. I mean, you know, you're yeah. in Manhattan. Seeing those those like refrigerated trucks was like, <laughs> yeah, you know, that puts shit in perspective. And uh, and then when I would go to another city, like when I went to Philly, I'm like, they're not as safe. And people are like, they're not as like they're not dying like in they are in New York. Like it was yeah. so weird to see, like we were in a, in the, remember the boat for a while. Oh, the, what? Remember the hospital boat. Oh God. Showed up? Oh, they, the, God. The, the, the hospital, boat, the white hospital boat showed up and there was so many and remember. I mean, I have a joke about this, about how like every day I would wake up, I would get immediately stoned. And then I would watch 10 hours of Andrew Cuomo like <laughs> every day. And he would just say like insane stuff. And he would be like, Guys, don't worry. The, uh, we got the M&M store making ventilators. Oh, my God. We got the Casta <laughs> Hamilton making surgical gowns. No. Some Mormons built the hospital in Olive Garden. Like, And I remember the one time I was like on shrooms and I heard him say, guys, City MD is in charge of vaccines. And I <laughs> started laughing so hard. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you found drugs in the pandemic, though. You know what? You, you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> I, I should mention I don't. Uh, that I, It was a one week it was where a special I. Day. Yeah, yeah. One week where I tried microdosing <laughs> to see where I, I, if I liked it and I hated it. And then I took a little bit too much on a Wednesday. And then I was just on shrooms on a Wednesday. <gasps> I was going <laughs> to say, it sounds like that one day seemed kind of fun if you couldn't stop laughing. It was too terrified it was laughing out of terror <laughs> oh my god it was insane yeah there was there was so many times oh. like that but now we're out so, of it i mean now we're very much decidedly in, in we're in the post now we're in the post although we're we're also a lot of people are getting it right now so it's a weird time i feel like um i i think that being in the post is not about whether we are actually in the post or not it's what it's what society has decided. And I think right now we're at a place where uh, this coronavirus is obviously going to be the least the coldest take of all time is that it's going to be around forever. And, you know, we're going to have to kind of deal with it. But this know. is off topic, yeah. but I'm just saying it as our I'm closing out the COVID thing. But I was working with someone today and her family or she's from Shanghai. She was living in Shanghai. And I said, do you want to stay in New York or would you go back to Shanghai? And she was like, well, I'm not going there now. They're on lockdown. Mm-hmm. And I was like. Damn, like I for like places are still locking down, and it's probably yeah. safer than what we do, where we're like test quarantine five days this well, that that you know like everyone's no, just though. fucking. I don't, have you heard what's happening in China though? Where like they are getting screwed because they didn't let people walk around. Which I listen, not that I think America handled this very very poorly. China's yeah. vaccine isn't as good as American vaccines, and they didn't have that herd immunity that America like idiots put themselves into. Mm. So now China has to lock down because anytime anyone gets it, 
so many more people are exposed um, to it. Also, Got it. you're saying the vaccines aren't good there, which is I like, didn't know, but I just was like, oh my, just hearing the words lockdown, I was like, insane. fuck, damn. Yeah. Oh, okay. Anyway, well, back to yeah. you. So yeah. lately you've been super busy. You're doing yeah. this YouTube show. You're doing your podcast. Yeah. Um, and is this like your full-time gig right now? Are well, you writing also on the side? Or are you? Yes. Yeah. So, um, the first thing is that there's a couple, I, the first thing, I, there's a couple things I can't talk about. Um, I, <laughs> it's, okay. it's the first part. Um, so there is, I am making my money a little bit through like other random stuff or I do have like random projects. The bearing Bubby thing, uh, has been, in, you know, we're producing, um, and that's shooting in July. So I'm super happy about that. I have, uh, been getting hired a lot because the success of the man on the street interviews, uh, which has been very nice. The Manistry interviews took off about two months ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and the it's led to me doing man on the street interviews for other companies, mm-hmm. uh, which is which has been awesome. And then it's also led to me um, being able to uh, attempt other forms of comedy for like uh, Jewish organizations. Like there's a place called Aish where like if you Google like when is Passover, Aish is the website for that. Okay. Right? So, um, I've been doing their, I've been doing man on street interviews for them, but also they've been accepting like sketch comedy stuff, which has been very nice. Like writing cool. sketch comedy, um, for H I, I wrote, it was just Passover. So like I wrote a, a sketch about, about the, uh, only the last Jew left in Egypt, Mm. Uh, but he's a lawyer. So his whole thing is like, uh, trying to get people. He's like, I'm the last Jew, you know, left in Egypt that uh, have you slipped and fall because of darkness, uh, <laughs> frogs uh, everywhere. You may be entitled to compensation. You know, I want it to be Bernie Sanders. Is he the last Jew left in Egypt? Cause like, I got that vibe. Just yeah. One percent of one percent of Jews, you know, <laughs> uh, I think I do try, I, I try to embody him whenever I do like law I, voice. I felt yeah. it. I liked it. I did. Um, that's great that's amazing that you're able to do this for all these different like organizations and stuff that's dope that they're seeing your stuff and hiring you to do it for them and then Um, also so like i also like won a grant recently which was like very nice where um someone there's a i I was given money by people who literally said and they were like don't say we don't want to be known we just want to be a pile of money that's doled out to people wow so i need something like that in my life so i didn't know it existed until it was uh until it until it showed up and then uh i loved it but they they historically a lot of jewish content historically has been very much like they're coming for us we're all gonna die you Mm -hmm. know it comes very much from a place of like uh, a sec- lack of security or anger or, or, or education or not anger, but like a, a lot of like, uh, you know, we should be on guard because anti-Semitism is the only thing that's ever happening to us. When I think mm-hmm. that as much as anti-Semitism is a real thing, there's obviously more to Judaism than just being terrified 24 seven. So sure. um, I, I, the, the pitch and, and a lot of what I've been trying to do within getting like, within doing a lot of the Jewish content has been showing that there's more to Jewish stuff than just being like scared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so with that, that's why I wrote my premise, pilot, which I'll have to share. What's your you. pilot about? Um, it's about a person who converts to Judaism. Ooh. Yeah. Is it based on anything? Mm, maybe <laughs> it is. It's yeah. loosely based on a woman I met, but oh. yeah. But I also, you know, I am one of three children that my parents have that is dating someone who's not Jewish. And so mm. there's, you know, there's always that 
conversation, even though yeah. it, it doesn't matter to them. I know it matters to them, you know, like my parents are very accepting, but I know it does yeah. bug my mom. But you can make a Jew. You have full control over this. I could make a Jew? Yeah. You're Jew Jewish women make Jews, whether um, they... Yeah. I don't want kids. I'd rather just convert oh. someone. Well, <laughs> I'd rather make That's someone so else go to school. I the rule is kids. if you don't have a child, as long as you convert one in, then it's the I'm one good. for one swap. You okay. know what I honestly I, I feel this. I think this is yeah, this is in the Torah, right? I think that's how they do it. Yeah. Yeah, for chapter sure. eight. So, chapter eight. We love that chapter. We so, all. I think it's the. I think the technical term is the Tennessee switcheroo. I'm pretty sure is the. So uh, many, yeah. yeah, so many Jews in Tennessee, yeah. right? It's a huge community. Uh, um, but, but anyway, so the the podcast I had, uh, Good You Bad You, which I host with uh, Matt Broussard. Um, so the show uh, has so my episode come out. We should plug it. Your it episode had. came out. Uh, I think it was the second episode. Oh, I forget when it. I, yeah. I thought it came out, but I was like, I think I. Guys, go listen to my episode and then listen to the rest Please. of the episodes. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll send you the link to it. Uh, I think back then we didn't have enough uh, tech to make the video stuff look good. But I mm. think we are. We've recently uh, I've been given because of the, the Jewish pile of money. I've been able to step up the production. We have some really cool stuff that's coming out uh, very soon. Uh, but the show that we won the grant for is a mixture of clips from the podcast you know we have like a lot of great guests we had judy gold on last week we yeah. have Ethan zahn who's the winner of survivor season three he's on next week um we're doing renan hirschberg uh you know lucas arnold anna roisman uh just the creme de la creme of jewish talent uh but uh, the the show is a mixture of these man on the street interviews that have taken off on TikTok and the podcast uh, itself. It's it's uh, the format I would describe as the podcast and and just like that, which hey, Diaz, mm. um, similar thing, similar cinematography. Well, we're yeah. huge Che Diaz fans over here, so. Jay Diaz, the most unlikable character in history. What do you think? Mm -mm, mm -mm, most likable. Mm -hmm. I can't wait really? for more Che Diaz. Yeah, if they don't hire yeah. me as, as their fucking agent, I am. Yeah, I, I've been auditioning myself for uh, months now, so hopefully well, it'll happen. I don't know if you know this, but they have a pilot. Oh, I, I do. I booked them on it. I have oh, okay. already become their agent. Uh, I did a tick. I did a cameo the other day as Che Diaz's agent, which oh, is really? the funniest gig I've ever done in my <laughs> life. I almost want to post it as like and send it in as my self tape and be like, here you go. <laughs> oh, a thousand percent. You a thousand percent should. Have you ever <laughs> heard the the uh, the videos of them singing in uh, the uh, Holy Grail? You ever seen Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I saw on Sarah Broadway? Mira's originate yeah. that role on Broadway. I watched it live in front of me. It was brilliant. I remember when because I saw I did also, by the way, so good. I saw yeah. it and um the uh, Drew Lachey and the father from Seventh Heaven were in it. Uh Ooh, well, yeah. isn't he done? Like, you know, in, in life. I yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, I think this like was he both died, but I meant he got canceled. Yeah, Ellen's mega like, yeah. canceled. Yeah. Uh, but I remember I, when I saw the YouTube video, I was like, holy crap. Mm -hmm. Like that is holy grail. <laughs> holy grail. This is insane. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It was wild. Absolutely. It's it's crazy that they that they were in that role and then were also Che Diaz. They were that okay, role. Also and then also Anatomy. I mean, can't forget, yeah. you know, Grays. Um, they get murdered in that in that big murder episode. I don't remember. I fell off at some point of yeah. Seattle Grace. You know, I, I just left. Yeah. Um, okay. My question for you on this podcast, I like to take it back. I want to get to know teenage Aton. What was like the first job you ever had? First job I ever had was that I was a camp counselor. I was a camp counselor for many, many years. 
We uh, love first camp job. counselors here. Ellen, Ellen, I know Ellen knows me and you know camp is my bread and butter. And so when someone says camp, I feel like a little light bulb goes off and she's like, Anna's going to relate to that because <laughs> she loves camp. Yep. Yep. I'm, did you know Anna was a camp did counselor? Did you know? Oh, were you a good counselor or a bad nope. counselor? Terrible. Yeah. Were you, were you the good? one the kids liked or were you the ones that the kids hated? The ones kids liked. See, that's is, the thing. Well, were the you? The two cannot How? be the same. Why? How are you? How you are cannot you be the competent counselor that kids like because kids are are idiots who wander. Okay. You can only be the counselor that's cool that doesn't care that the kids wander, or you're uptight and the and the the heads of the camp like you. You cannot be the same. How long did you do this? I was okay. Well, first of all, I was a terrible counselor. Uh, the first place I was a counselor was a ultra Jewish camp in uh, Passaic, New Jersey. Okay. And I remember that on my evaluation, they said that I was not becoming of a counselor or a Ben Torah, which means the son of it's like a term for like a good <laughs> Jewish boy. So there. What were you then? <laughs> I they, I truly I've never they took it was a character assassination. Wow. It was, sounds like that. It sounds like the funny girl review that just came out today. Oh, no. Do they not like funny girl? Let's we'll, we'll talk after we can't we can't. We oh, can't. beanie. I know. I know. It's not good. It, it's it's trending hard, at least trending on my Twitter hard. Um, do they like her or do they like or do they hate the. Oh no, Beanie! Uh, I was well, rooting for character her. Character assassination—that's where my brain went. Let's just go with that. Oh. <laughs> I felt bad. No, Beanie. Okay, well, yeah. your this is yeah. how your parents reacted when they were like, Aton, what do you mean the camp no. doesn't like you as a person or a counselor? The fuck does that mean? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Who I, did we raise? <laughs> what is this son? It was, I mean, it was also Jewish household. It was always brought back to like, your parent, your grandparents didn't escape the horrors of mm-hmm. Europe for you to fail this, like, you know. <laughs> And right. stuff like that. So uh, I, I was I was a bad count, but then I moved like, over. Like, did to, you leave a kid in the lake and they like you know couldn't swim? Like, how bad were you? I think that it was the kind of camp where my lack of respect for the Jewish community played a big role in Whoa. my evaluation. And after a certain point, I do remember thinking that I hated this and them. Okay, uh, I was going to say that yeah. has nothing to do with if you're keeping kids alive, you know, and like yeah, I kept sure them they, alive. Like, go to bed at night. I don't know. Put on their pants yeah. in the morning. Everyone got <laughs> home. Everyone. Listen, what at 20 kids? That's uh, that's 400 toes and fingers. And at the end of the camp, 400 toes and fingers got there out go. of there. OK, sounds like a successful counselor to me. What know? else do you want from me? No one exactly. had ended up in in uh, in therapy. <laughs> uh, it just happened. OK, but how many went to an Ivy League school? That's really what the <laughs> absolutely none of them. They're all <laughs> They're all mafia in the mafia now. Uh, I but then I moved over. I went to work at Camp Gesher, uh, which was in Livingston, New Jersey, in the Kushner School Campus. Oh, that's right. Okay. I the Kushner School, um, and it was a really wealthy school. And I remember, you know, my family. This is a day camp. Yes, it was okay. a day camp in the Kushner campus. The Kushners put their money into a school. Got it. Um, and one thing I do remember really funny about that school was that, if you remember, in the middle, at one point, one of the Kushners um, hired a prostitute to seduce his brother-in-law mm-hmm. to videotape it for leverage in a real estate deal. And someone ended up in prison. And when that person ended up in prison, a couple of kids lost their scholarship. Oh, no. So that was the kind of school that was. Whoa. Uh, yeah. 
That's and harsh. I was, I was a camp house, but that camp house, that camp was great. That camp was super expensive, uh, really great, really well done, really well put together. I was a good counselor though there. That's good. Kids liked me. Yeah. He, he he was a better counselor for the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> good, they pay me. Good situation. I'm a good yeah. counselor. Yeah. I remember one of my friends got uh, one time got tipped in it with five dollars of Dunkin' Donuts money. <laughs> and I thought that that was hilarious. <laughs> Honestly, I'd take yeah. it right now. I'd be like, yeah, yeah. I could yeah. go for a donut. I get it. It's not I'm a bad into tip. It. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah. One time I got tipped with a Kate Spade planner and I Whoa. thought, holy shit. <laughs> How much is that? Like two hundred dollars, maybe maybe a hundred dollars. I don't know. It was a lot, and I just remember getting it, feeling like the. I was like, "Oh my god, I was the best counselor ever." Uh, this was I for sure swag from an event that the parent <laughs> went to, and you were regifted. <gasps> Could have been. It was. You know how nice, much Elite though. Daily swag I've regifted. I used to no. go Elite. I used to work at Elite Daily. They would have like a cabinet full of like lotions and and yeah. and perfume and makeup and stuff like that every once in a while like i would jack a couple of things and just like hand them out as like gifts to people <laughs> just in my life for no reason like truly for no reason at all oh my uh, god wait i want to get into elite daily but i also okay, okay so you're a camp counselor yes and you're was that before college yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah, then yeah. i i think for a year in college i was a counselor also okay uh it's good money it was a lot of fun yeah. Uh, and then, uh, but I didn't want to work with kids ever again. Afterwards. Sure. I was kind of okay. like done with kids, but I was a good counselor. That was how I made money. Um, and then uh, after I got out of, uh, so like in college, what was interesting was that, so I started doing stand up when I was like 15 years old. Right. Mm-hmm. And I had done it enough that I was like, I had like time, like I was able to do time and I was able to perform in front of like, um, like synagogues and stuff like that. So in college, I performed at a bunch of Hillel Chabad houses, like cool. on culture, on uh, on college campuses. I had won Israel's last comic standing in 2008. Oh my God. For whatever competition that I'm sure never aired anywhere. And then uh, I was able, because I it was in, I lived in Israel for a year mm-hmm. uh, and I, be, and on a yeshiva and all those yeshiva kids, like from the other yeshivas, they all ended up becoming like the Hillel representatives and stuff like that. So I just, I, you know, I knew all of them. So I was able to just email and be like, Hey, bring me in. Um, so so I, cool. the way I was making money in college was that I was, um, you know, going out to tour these uh, colleges and That's reffing awesome. yeshiva league hockey, Jewish hockey, floor hockey. That was hey, town the goalie. That's yeah. There you go. go. That's great. I didn't know you did that in college. Like, that's such a cool connect to be able to just like go and perform at all those different halals. That's dope. Yeah, it was. It's something that it was funny that years later, I read, do you know what NACA is at all? <clears throat> there's this, there's this, uh, if you watched crashing, there was an episode about it with uh, Pete Holmes. Mm-hmm. It's the college all of the colleges. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's the college <laughs> I convention. I auditioned for that episode. Oh, no. And I had to look it up. <laughs> Wait, did you audition for the role? Wait, for what role? With the role well, Jamie of- Lee played it. She wrote it, but I auditioned for that role. Oh, the wait. The Jamie for- Lee role. He, she played his girlfriend. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, th- that was going to be a stand-up comic in that. So funny. Wait. Anyway, so I, there was something called NACA, which is like, mm-hmm. if you want to, if you are a comic... And you're looking to book, you know, a bunch of colleges at once that all of the colleges send their student coordinators to this like convention. Right. It's like so one big audition. Like literally. Yeah. yeah. Like you're performing for an auditorium of everyone that books in every co- like university. Yeah. You know, Tulane, Mississippi, like everyone is there. So, so cool. it's a lot of money to get into. 
And it's not really given that you get to perform in the main showcase. If you don't perform in the main showcase, like you have very small chance of getting booked mm. like frequently. And a lot of those like slots are already like CAA, uh, WME. They already have their hands in this. You know, they already know who the bookers are. So you're at a big disadvantage, right? I had no idea that that system even existed. So I was just emailing all these colleges and I literally booked like 30, 20, 30 something colleges just by emailing around. And to this day, I still view NACA, you know, as a thing where I don't, I, I just say email colleges and stuff like that. And it's like equated to, to, to bookings. Which, you know, in uh, this biz, it's who you know. And, and that's yeah. not just something they say. It's actually well, who you know. In this biz at this point, it's, it's who you know where to find the right email to. There More than go. anything. If you're yeah. able, I know how to find the actual, the real emails on every website of anything. That's know. great. I'm going to call you next time I need an email somewhere important. I got it. Thank you. Thank Say you less. so much. See, I mean, you you just gave us this information. Yeah. Yeah. You know um, how, you know how, how, uh, how uh, Che booked their pilot? She yeah. just emailed it to industry at comedy.com. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That it was, was a lot how. of years in the making, but, you know, yeah. finally it was the it. right time. It's, it's all timing, too. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. <laughs> so, okay. So you're doing this all through college. You graduate yeah. college. You're in New York. What yeah. was, like, your first big job that you so were the, excited about? The first job that I got was <laughs> I was writing for a guy named Stan Fischler, who is a hockey analyst. And while I was writing for him or right before or right after I was writing for him, he won a local Emmy. And so I was on like a, so I was kind of like on this like Emmy staff uh, for his show called five for Fischler. And then after that, but I love doing that. Like I was writing hockey news. It was like, great. That's fun. Yeah. I left that and I went to, um, uh, I was writing for Mashable and I had a fellowship at Mashable for a bunch of months and mm-hmm. then after that, I went over to cover celebrity news at Elite Daily, which uh, <laughs> that's I, such a turn. Yeah. How? What yeah. made you want to do that? I think the my asset to celebrity news coverage was that I didn't. I came in there without an ounce of understanding of anything in this community. <laughs> like I was covering hockey news and hard news before this. Like I truly, you know, <laughs> and then I was like writing like five articles about the Kardashians a day. And I loved, like I took it up as like an academic thing. Like I loved it. Yeah. I would write all these conspiracy theory articles about them. Like mm-hmm. I, 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 Hey, you like, oh man, at the time I did this thing where I found Google trends where like there were never more than two Kardashians trending at once. Like it was either Kim or, or oh my uh, God, Chloe. Does, Chris, is, does Chris have control over the internet like that? Uh, that no, she has control over the outlet of information. Mm. Like at the end of the day, like we're seeing what that family lets us see. I mean, crazy part, everything bad that happened to the Kardashians in like the seven years when I was tracking like of whatever. <laughs> was happened the last week of September, the first two weeks of October, everything bad. Now, whether it actually happened then or not is another question. But when we found out about it, when society knew about it last two weeks of September, first two weeks, the first two weeks of October. Whoa. Um, yeah. Like uh, to a T almost like it was crazy. That's uh, wild. Yeah. I, and love, then there were other- I love learning this kind of shit. I love them. You know oh, what you, I mean? I right. follow them hard. I love them all. They're, they're geniuses. If, if, if the world poverty would be solved immediately if, if Chris Jenner was, you know, put in charge of the UN. Um, the, I, there were, I mean, there were other, uh, one of my, I love things- that you left hockey, you like writing on this like hockey show and you're like, have you heard of the Kardashians? I'm going to go study them for like a while. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, all about I, it. I, I came at it. loved your articles though. Like, right. I mean, you probably got great traction on that. 
I got contracted because I knew SEO a little bit and I had been, I'd been assigned and delegated um, like these articles. And then like at a certain point, it became very obvious that the celebrity articles were the ones that were like doing the best. So I started doing like the celebrity articles sure. primarily. Um, and I mean, there were other, my favorite article that I wrote was an article that for years, Taylor Swift fans until the pandemic, honestly, would tweet every, you know, every day, every week I would get tweets about this article I wrote in like 20, you know, 16, 15 mm-hmm. about uh, how, if you were to look at, remember when Taylor Swift went out with Tom Hiddleston at all? The, Ellen? <laughs> I don't know. He, not really. Not really. Yeah. I didn't. No, I, I don't didn't really know. remember. I didn't. It, but I wasn't a Swifty until later in life. But when I when it. did you Swifty? Um, lover. <laughs> okay, got it, got it, got it. So that was like way, 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 way later. Yeah. This is the guy that played. Do you know who Tom Hiddleston is at yes. all? Yeah, I didn't know Tom they Hiddleston. Dated. Yeah, British actress. They so they 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 dated, and if you were to look at the first like week of the relationship, um, like every picture like they was taken by the same paparazzi company amongst different regions and like Mm. they were in rome they were in rhode island they were at a concert with selena gomez like all by the same like company the image direct Mm -hmm. and the reason why was because taylor swift had essentially planned a a like planned a romance to be photographed the way that she wanted to be photographed and like you know, so nothing is is real. But like I used to write articles like about that. But also a lot of like, look what she posted on Instagram. Chloe did what mm-hmm. on Instagram? <laughs> um, you know, and then eventually Chloe did what? Send it. Chloe That's did what? Headline. <laughs> Courtney says how <laughs> next. <laughs> uh, uh. But yeah, there was a. I, I I eventually like was able to work with their like um, video team and like I, you know on their video team uh, I started to like learn how to like video produce and I uh, did a couple of like one off episodes of stuff for them and then eventually they did like a three part mini doc series on me where I did three weird jobs uh, one of the jobs was that I was in the paparazzi in L A for, uh, <laughs> uh, which was wild then you actually got to follow Chloe around town <laughs> yeah. Well, I did. Uh, what was very funny was at one point I got in a fight with a paparazzi because I accidentally stood in the way of him trying to take a picture of Ozzy Osbourne getting out of physical therapy. Oh, my God. Stop. Like, like I, why it was in retrospect, this was like psychotic. I mean, one weirdest part about that story is that one day, one morning, just like five dudes in a Camry outside of Ariel Winter's uh, house. She was like 18 <laughs> at the time. And she's like the dorky girl in Modern Family. And then we chased yeah. her in a car. Oh, and then, God. Yeah, we lose her. And then the guy, because we embedded with a guy who was like former TMZ. So we lose her. And then he goes, all right, we lost, uh, we lost Ariel Winter. Uh, don't worry, though. I know where Vanessa Hudgens lives. And then we just <laughs> go to Vanessa Hudgens' house. Oh, my God. And, That's uh, wild. Yeah. So like that, so that was, was that. one of the jobs. Yeah, that was a job. What were the was, others? I was in Wrigley Brothers Circus for a couple of days, uh, <laughs> which was funny. Uh, Wrigley Brothers Circus was funny because they had originally were like, hey, do you want to do a video about how we don't hit elephants anymore? And I was oh, like, OK, like, no, that's <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then I, asked, I was like, can I join the circus? And then we went to the circus. And then what was funny about the circus you was walk that the tightrope. Like, what do you do there? We I did uh, like I, I did some stuff with the dogs. I was in the this, this sphere uh, <laughs> that like they do aerobics in. I was in oh. an aerobic sphere. I uh, hung on some curtains. That was wow. nice. A real uh, Borat, you know, yeah. getting in there. <laughs> I then I was on the floor for a show at the Stable Center. 
Oh my was God. Like uh, but also everyone in the circus was hot. So while I was there, I was asking everybody, like, I was like, is everyone here hooking up? Like it was on, like, it felt like the Olympic village. Like it was a compound in Tampa where everyone was like hot and like, wow, you know, and I kept on asking and no one would tell me. And then after the, uh, after we got home, I got an email from the nurse and the nurse was like, uh, I, the nurse was like, thanks for doing the video. And I was like, yeah, like, I just, I'm not gonna do more content on you guys. Like, are you guys all fucking like, what is happening here? And the nurse was like, uh, you know, I'm not going to say anything, but like, yeah, like, of course we are like, we're on the same train for two years at a row. Oh my God. Wow. Uh, so you have to be yeah. hot to get into the circus. You have to be hot to Free become rack. a clown. Like that you sucks, to, yeah. you know, stunning. <laughs> and all some dreams. <laughs> they all had UCB training. No, <laughs> to God, they all had improv training. Isn't I believe that funny? it. That's great. That, That's so there funny. Was a what was the third guy? job? Uh, I wrote Hamilton, the Hamilton. Yes. Porn. yes. I was going to ask you about this. Yes. And this went far in life. You went far in yes. life with this. I uh, Ellen's going to love this. Hamilton, the musical. Yeah. I pitched um, to my editors. I was like, let me, I was like, let me try to get staffed as a writer on a porn website. And, uh, they were like, they, I think that they didn't think I was going to take it seriously. And then like, I actually like had emailed <laughs> enough people to, to get like, uh, uh, he knows an audience. Who to email, you know, where to go. Thank you. Well, I mean, what did become clear is that like, I'm sure you experienced this where like, I, you get so many marketing emails and stuff like that, where like, I, I knew who the PR people were for this stuff. Like I knew who the mm -hmm. porn hub PR people were because they also repped like Smashburger or like whoever, mm. you know, no, so at or, you, or you were like a hardcore porn hub, you know, like it's only okay. the marketing we're, we're all side. We're all close here. Yeah. <laughs> I'm only into the marketing <laughs> element of it. Uh, no, but the, uh, a, it, Smashburger was represented by the same people that represent Ringling Brothers. That was how actually wow. the Ringling Brothers. So it's the same. So I just, I knew who he, eventually I, I pitched uh, Hamilton. It got picked up. Uh, it was the Hamilton porn parody. And then it won two ABN porn awards a couple of years later. Which is the won. Oscars yeah. of porn, porn, right? Yeah. I would call myself when you Skin Manuel Miranda. For <laughs> <laughs> Skin Manuel. Is that what you said when you won the award? Did you make an acceptance yeah. speech? Did you like? No, it was oh. not. They have like a thousand awards at the thing. It's like the technical awards for mm -hmm. porn. That's where I would. That's where my uh, chances were. We're in okay, the daytime Oscars. Do you, does your family, do your parents like, do they, would they ever say this, you know, like, do they brag about this? Because it is like. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. No, they hated this. They actually, uh, the opening scene of the documentary was them going, was me telling my mom and my mom going, uh, I would, you're, don't do this. You have two Orthodox Jewish sisters that will never get married. I would rather you join ISIS than do this to my family. Oh, no. oh, that was no. what they said. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I hope so. they lightened up after you won the award, you know, maybe no, not really. Uh, <laughs> not about this thing. I'd be like, they're supportive in like the other stuff, but this, you know, and I don't, you need to go on much. that show. Um, what's it, you know, that game show on TV, you need to go on to tell the truth yeah. because I think that'd be hilarious if they had like three people. Like mm -hmm. I have an award for writing like a, a porn and they're not going <laughs> to think it's like, if you yeah. were like, hi, I'm Aton. I grew up Jewish. I'm from New York. Like they're not going to pick you. And yeah. I think that'd be hilarious. I think we need to, I think we need to email. Uh, if you can find the emails of the, the bookers of to tell the truth, I nominate you. It's actually, it's just true. It's Hollywood entertainment.biz. <laughs> that is the go. email for that. There you go.
Um, but yeah, my time, my time ended at Elite Daily in like a very funny way though. I was part of like the mass layoff and, yes. um, the mass I must lay- say, can I just say one thing? Yeah. Shout out to Elite Daily. They bought my first web series I ever sold okay. and for a lot of money and it was on Elite Daily and I love them and they hired me back a lot and I wrote for them and so it was great, but I, I want to hear about this mass layoff cause I remember when it happened. It was terrible. I, my issue with Elite Daily was that it it was fun to work for until they got absorbed heavily by daily mail Mm -hmm. and then daily mail kind of like really, um, I don't know, like they really screwed. They, they, they took all of, they made it predatory, I guess would be like my, I remember the last email that I ever had with them was the daily mail. Their content is so like, expose about this and that and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. like the the last email I had with them was about Ariel winter. And they were like, you need to be writing about like, you need to be showcasing her body more and the pictures need to be, you know, highlighting, you know, do this article about like how about her legs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And stuff. I remember emailing the back and going like, I'm the only male celebrity writer on this staff. I am not the one to, if you want to have this fight, do it with no. someone else, but I am not writing these articles. That's gross. It was like the last thing that I had done uh, was last like email I had sent, I think to them, they had, it was a fun ish newsy ish celebrity website that turned into um, a, a, a very hard attempt at clickbait, but mm. it just, a daily mail also lost a lot of money on that. I mean, the, the at digital media in general you worked in it in the era of like, there was a lot of money put into it in like, you know, 2012 through 2016, 17, mm-hmm. there was a lot of money put into it. And then when that, when that money didn't have any ROI, all of the companies either got sold for parts or were completely shut down. And elite daily had been bought in by daily mail for $50 million oh my God. when I was first brought in. And then two years later, it was sold for $10 million. Whoa. Daily Mail lost $40 million That's on Elite huge. Daily. Yeah. And when they had let us go, I mean, I knew that they were ending. You had to be an idiot to not know that this company was ending for like, there were like, we didn't have, it felt like we didn't have an HR department, but we definitely had like a monthly masseuse. Like mm-hmm. there was like uh you know, like there was stuff like that, or like there was like an LA office, like for mm-hmm. two people, three, five people tops. Right. Um, so I just knew the writing was on the wall and I knew I, you know, we saw our numbers. I knew the numbers. I knew that the money didn't justify the numbers at a certain point. Mm-hmm. Then there was a thing where I'm not going to say who, but someone had been brought in by daily mail to, uh, be the publisher is the, is the free take that out. I don't want to indict her in this, uh, but she'd been brought in to kind of helm the, the company a little bit and drunkenly at a function, she made some comment. Like I had, I was given a year to fix this place. And that was like five months ago. And I remember thinking like, this was also, and I remember what was really funny was that this was told to me on a yacht for the holiday party and the holiday party yacht was way too big for the company. And I remember thinking like, this is, this place is dying. Like there's no way, like eventually it's going to explode. So I had always kept like, you know, like I kept my emails kind of like, you know, like I had always my files. I always kept kind of like on a, on a drive or whatever, or just, I knew this was like coming the day that they fire everybody. I walk in and my boss looks at me with like anger 
Mm. And I say, hey, uh, Caitlin. And she like doesn't respond. And I think I'm about to get personally fired. And then I notice uh, a bunch of British people in suits walking around. And I go, today's the day. And uh, what happened next, I swear to God, I'm I'm not making this up. Okay. They have everyone go into a room and the person in charge of the Daily Mail uh, on the Daily Mail side of thing goes, we're going to be letting people, Elite Daily has essentially failed. What's going to be happening next is that somewhat, there's going to be a couple people that need to stay on and keep the website running. Everyone here is currently full time. You're all about to get an email that's going to tell you to go to one of three rooms. One of these rooms are people that are fired completely. One of these rooms are people who are being demoted from full-time to part-time, but cannot give that up without, or or something like that because they would lose insurance or something. And then the third room were people who got to keep their job. So, this is like a fucking Squid Games mm-hmm. episode. Pick so, doors one through four and uh, good well, luck. Well, it's also a British guy, so it did feel like a, a game show a little bit. Weird. Like, through door number one is, you know. Oh so God. they send us to this room. So immediately I know I'm done. Just okay. because of my ranking in the, I just, I, you know, I, I just, I knew that I was toast. Were so, you guys all on your phones like, Well, it was also funny because people were like looking around like, I'm shocked this is happening. And I was just like, how was you shocked? How are you idiots? Everyone there was 23, fresh at you worked there. It was like working in in an Abercrombie catalog. (laughs) Like it was just people who were in a sorority last year that were in charge of a 50 million. I wasn't full time enough to experience this. Oh my God. It was, and not to knock it, there were people in that company that were so competent and so great at their job, but the overwhelming amount of people that were in that, whatever. So he goes, we're going to send you all to a room. I go to the room of people that get fired. I what They sent all of the people from the demotion and the full-time jobs to the same room accidentally. So the guy walks in there and goes, why are there so many people here? And he, they go, oh, we all got an email. And he goes, oh, man, well, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to read from a list. And in front of everybody, he point is like Anna Abramov demoted, Julie Beckman. You get to keep your job. Just going down the line. Oh my god! Funniest thing ever happened. You know who lost their job that day? The person who had to send that email for the yeah. right fucking room. Some fucking intern. That's right. Like, oh uh, my god. Yeah. That's so scary. And that was how I ended up. It was the funny. It was. It was so. I remember people. It was just such a wild like. Were people like crying and like? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't crying because I knew this was done. And it was also really funny because he, the same dude caught me trying to steal a dartboard. Like, cause then at that point it becomes, you know, the, the last year of, uh, was like, yeah. I knew this was coming. I already picked what I'm taking with me. Fuck this place. <laughs> oh, I knew I had been, listen, low key. I had been kind of like cycling stuff out of there every once in a while for at <gasps> oh least, a, uh, at least three months beforehand. <gasps> uh, but there were like, I mean, like at the end, famously at the end of Yankee, the, whatever the Yankees would change their, the, the seats or whatever, whenever they would upgrade, uh, you know, the last game, all of a sudden, like in the seventh inning, you would hear like creaks and stuff like that. Cause people would be disassembling, you know, souvenirs <laughs> to take home. So same exact thing where this guy from the daily mail watches me take, take a dartboard off. And then he goes, is that yours? And I looked at him and I went, no. And then he's like, <laughs> put it down. And I go, okay. 
put it down. I wish you were like, yeah, and you grabbed it and ran the fuck out. He's like, it's your dartboard that says Elite Daily on it. But wow. yeah, that was the Elite Daily thing. So I left there and, <laughs> you know. Did you, do you have any, any good memorabilia from Elite Daily still? Like, did you get anything that good you blanket. wanted? Okay, um, that's nice. What else did I get? I mean. That's I mean, so funny. really. It just, it was. I'm sorry I mean, about the dartboard. It sounds like it would have been cool. I mean, Elite Daily did change my life in a lot of ways. It, 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 I, it opened me up with celebrity culture in a way that I had never known before. And yeah. I became legitimately obsessed with it and, and definitely led to jobs later on. I wrote for the first English talk show in China and mm-hmm. they had found me because I was writing for Elite Daily. So like stuff like that, I, a video production, I immediately learned how to video produce uh, when yeah. I was there, um, which is the easy, which is you don't need a degree for video producing. I firmly, I learned that you don't need to have degrees for this because I've, I have a marketing business degree and a video production was all about competency. So it, <laughs> it just being competent is enough to be a video producer. And is that that's right? kind Ellen's of how a video I made producer. my nut. Yeah. <laughs> it Are is, you competent, Ellen? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd say like, it's like, a, you could, it's like almost like you could go to like a trade school to produce. You don't really need to go to like a, yeah. like a liberal arts school. You know, you just become a PA yeah. and yeah. like learn Get the experience. from working. Yeah. Yeah. A week. So I mean, true. just like I, I don't I went in there not knowing anything about cameras and no. Now I know enough about mm-hmm. cameras like it's stuff like that. Like, I, I, do I know about location scouts? Like, no, but I know enough about it and I know what my limitations are on, you know, so it's this, it's like every little part of it, uh, you know, mm-hmm. just learning how and then course correcting. What's your dream job? If I could ask you. Do you have a dream job or is it too hard because you want to do too many things? I want to be in charge of the World Health Organization. Wow. See, calling back. Uh, Jesus. What do that I. That is ambitious. <laughs> I would like to. I, I would like to listen. My dream job is John Stewart, like as a concept. That That's mm-hmm. the dream job. I, I actually think he got, uh, you know, great Jew. Uh, yesterday he got a Kennedy Center Award or oh, Kennedy. Oh, yeah. I saw that. I, I read about that on Twitter. Yeah. That's and, awesome. I th- I think that what he did was like he was like the best at at that kind of thing. So if I ever had to, my dream job would be hosting, you know, the the two thousands era Daily Show. Mm-hmm. Uh, I what I have liked, I think that the way that I I've been operating has been throwing myself into these like crazy scenarios. And then finding ways to expand and learn in those scenarios mm-hmm. to where I do think uh, where I now just want to be working and doing comedy stuff where like whatever that ends up being, like yeah. as long as I am like, you know, like being paid to make funny stuff or to talk or to like do comedy on stage and stuff like that, like that is what I'll be kind of content with. I love it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, before we're done, we're almost done because yes. you have to go and we've started late. Can I ask yeah. you one thing? Yeah. I want to flip it on you real quick. I want to do Jewish or anti-Semitic. I'm going to give you a job. I'm going to give you a job, okay? Because this yeah. is about, you know, we talk about employment here. Ellen, if you have a job you want to throw out, Aton's going to tell if it's Jewish or anti-Semitic. Okay. Pressure's on to the boss. Are you ready yeah. for it? Okay. And keep in mind, no matter what I say is right. <laughs> exactly. That's very Jewish of you. All right, here we go. First job, middle school math teacher. Oh, Jewish. Come on. The vibe of all of them. Glasses. Every <laughs> When I think of middle school math teacher, I think of the exact hair 
of the uh, of the therapist or the psychotherapist show where you got like the hair around <laughs> this and then you got thick glasses, a sweater and then a short sleeve button down under the sweater vest. And that's so the fashion of a math teacher. Very Jewish. Very Jewish. <laughs> uh, I think that there's like a genuine anger that <laughs> math teachers in middle school have. Um, that I think like oftentimes does, uh, mimic the more, uh, curmudgeon members of a synagogue board. Wow. That is true. Cause math, you know, I think those teachers, math is like, you either get it or you don't, it's not yeah. subjective. It's not like you can have an opinion or you can no. evaluate it's There's a fucking answer, you know, there's no schmoozing. I mean, no. I think there's just two basic kinds of Jews. There's the schmoozy Jews. And then there's the business. There's, there's like the Excel spreadsheet <laughs> Jews. So I think that like middle school math teachers are a very good example of the Excel spreadsheet Jews. Wow. And the yeah. Excel spreadsheet Jews are thanking you right now. The the listeners of this podcast, they know who they are. I want more Excel spreadsheet Jew representation <laughs> you know <what>? in Hollywood. <laughs> Ellen, do you have a job? Give them a job. So it's just any job. Any like job. just think yeah. of any no, job. Yeah, don't overthink it. I, yeah. just, what's a job? <laughs> what's a job? Jeez. Um, uh, a postman? Postperson? It's anti-Semitic. It's a lot of walking outside in the summer. Shorts also. Wow. Jewish men don't wear shorts. We got ugly legs. We got <laughs> thin calves. We got white, no sun down there. It is like looking at at uh, a bunch of fucking marshmallows that have a stick through it that have been. And listen, not saying that He's Jews not aren't wrong. hot. This is why I haven't dated a Jew since my ex. <laughs> Jews are, listen, Jews are hot. We're hot. We got a bunch of Just hot not Jews those, out those there. Calves, though, you know, you don't show. They're them not off. into it for the calves. I will say, people aren't dating okay, us for yeah. our calves. <laughs> They're not okay, dating us for him. our back hair either. It's the same exact thing. Anti-Semitic. Okay, are you ready? I have one more for yeah. you. Um, pastry chef. Jewish. Come on. Danish. Uh, uh, pastries are such a big part of our community. Pastry. Yeah. Uh, babka. Danish. You know, hamantash and black and white cookies. Uh, it's a uh, uh, pastry chefs. Well, I guess. Oh, well, here's the question. Okay. Pastry chef and uh, uh, does that fall under baker? Like, what yeah. are we? Because I think pastries. Yeah. Pastry chef. Are you thinking those, like a fancy, like, like a, a fancy pastry? Like you know the pastry. There's like the chef and the pastry chef who takes care of the okay. desserts. Here's what I. Okay, here we go. Okay. You ready for this? I think that your meat and potato pastries, like <laughs> your straight up. Your regulars, those bakers, those, those chefs, yeah. <laughs> meat and potato flavored white, black and white cookie. <laughs> but like that, like that, like base, you know, uh, yeah. is Jewish. I think like the French bakers, the delicate pastry stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. anti-Semitic. I there's who spends that much time making this and that. It goes into your mouth and it feels the same immediately. Right. I hear my grandma saying it's too small. It's too small. <laughs> you know what's funny? I, All I, this uh, money, $14, and you get a little tiny little dessert? What? What is this? I uh, Judy Gold, I, we had her on the podcast, and she had one of the funniest, like, this is, this is Judaism in a nutshell kind of things, where mm-hmm. when she did The Tonight Show, her mom called her afterwards, and her mom's only note was, so many commercials. <laughs> 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 I love yeah. when she talks like, about her mom. She's so oh, funny. Oh, my God. Perfect. 
Judy, the, the book, her book was called Judy's roommate had a baby that Judy's adopting is like the funniest. <laughs> <laughs> it's the funniest like sentence of so all time. Good. So yeah. good. All right. Well, I'm glad. Thank you for those answers. Those were really helpful. Okay. And I think people now understand your show and they can go and see what you're doing with uh, strangers on the street. Yeah. Um, it's a very simple. Listen, the Pope, Jewish man, he's got a yarmulke, sandals, doesn't pay taxes. Jewish. Jewish. Uh, yeah. Joe Rogan's experience. Jewish. Like every Shabbat Smart meal I've water, ever been to. Anti-Semitic. Know, oh, no. I was going to say smart. <laughs> I was going to oh. say so Jewish. The issue is that bottled water in general isn't. Okay, Unless you're reusing the, all, the water bottle. I was going to say of all the bottled waters, I go with smart water is like definitely like the UPenn class of 2020, yeah. you know? you uh, Putting Welch's Diet Peach uh, mix into a used Poland spring bottle is Jewish. the epitome of Judaism. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's actually the third commandment. In fact, you and my other grandma, who is no longer with us, she used to love to bring her own candy to the movie theater, you know? Uh, very Jewish. Who who buys movie theater candy? <laughs> who in their right mind? They don't check I for do. it anymore. I do. Yeah, they don't They're, check. Yeah. She'd be like, why would I spend $10 on Twizzlers? I've got them right here from 1984. <laughs> <I'm> like, no. <laughs> I can tell you. <laughs> Every single Dwayne Reed or Bodega within three blocks of every goddamn movie theater mm-hmm. in this city. A thousand, <laughs> if you're paying full price Smarties, then you're not a Smartie. That would be a really good website if you just put like, yeah. here's where to buy cheaper candy than this yeah. movie theater. <laughs> and then like, I'd also like, I would I would rate the movie theaters based on whether they have a history of checking for this stuff or not. Oh, yeah. perfect. I love it. See, we are entrepreneurs. Look at us coming up with our next fucking idea. Thank you. Have oh us my a shark tank. Thank you. First of all, thank you so much for being here. You're a oh. dream guest. This was so fun. Anytime. So you're always glad. so fun to do anything with. This is oh, so Oh, I love yeah. it. I know. We'll have to do more. We had so much fun doing those, uh, man, on the street, uh, Jewish or anti-Semitic. Yeah, uh, then we did the Jubilong Seder and a saying. So fun. Uh, oh my God. A spoonful of haroset helps I, the. Guess what? I went to Jubilong Seder. <sighs> I went to the actual Jubilong Seder and they were like, You're such oh, a good it? singer. And I was like, Am I? <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you. I never get this compliment. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much. Um, oh, yeah. Amazing. Okay, well, tell everybody where they can find you and follow you so they yes. can continue the- their journey with you. The podcast is Good Jew, Bad Jew. It's on all the podcast places. Uh, the TikTok series is, is at Aton the Goalie on TikTok. Uh, we just hit 80,000 followers, which I'm super excited about. Uh, and um, Jewish stuff on YouTube. Uh, new episodes every Wednesday. Um, and then, uh, yeah, check out. We have uh, we have Talia Lichstein is actually on next week's episode. Uh, and awesome. Ethan Zahn uh, from Survivor season three. Uh, he's on next episode of uh, Good You Bad You and is in the Jewish stuff. Amazing. Thank you. Anytime. Thank you so much. Yay. Wow. I love I loved all of Aton's jobs. I loved that he mm-hmm. he was able to experiment so hard and then yeah. get so successful in the porn industry. <laughs> I mean, I as soon as he said that, I was like Googling. Hamilton, and yes. I couldn't find anything. I guess I'll have to also include <laughs> porn in my search. So, I was gonna say maybe uh, your boyfriend put some sort of like you know uh, restraint yeah, on your yeah, computer. She, he doesn't yeah. want you watching that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's blocked <laughs> that from my computer for sure. Oh, he's got the parental controls on. Yeah, how's mm-hmm. work been, Ellen? How's work? I've for actually you? been quite busy. At, yeah, uh, as well. Yeah, and. Um, off off uh mike we were talking about double dipping in into some work uh and i have been double dipping as well yeah mm. I, I got a hit up 
uh, for like a side gig this past Ooh. weekend. So I was working a side gig and How I was worked. It? it was like, it was a little bit like hectic and a lot of work, but the rate was really, really good. So, so I'm like good. super excited about it. Yeah. That's great. Ellen, let me tell you, I'm a working woman these days, okay? Yeah. <laughs> I am a working woman. I mean, we talked about on the last episode that I went to Florida to do a gig, and now I have a New York TV show gig tomorrow. Listen, it's one line, <laughs> but which is so funny because it's so much goes into one line, but it's not it's not zero lines. It's you not know? zero lines. There no, you go. You are getting a line, and that is one something. line. You know the next job? Twenty lines. You know what I mean? It only can go up from one. Yeah, That's you can't it. go to zero after one. No, 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 no. Unless I need to go and work on you know a background on unjust like that again. You know, just to do research. You know what I mean? But that's research. Yeah, that's a research, yes, a research but that's job. Just you have to do research sometimes. So that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> I said to Jared, I said, oh, you know, I have to work on season two of Unjust Like That. He's like, you might be blacklisted. <laughs> I'm like, for playing Steve, people are like, you need to be Steve's stand-in. I'm like, I'm not a fucking stand-in. Okay, I'm gonna play a character on and just like that season two. I am manifesting that so hard. You know, yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm spending my days recreating Steve's journey. You know what I mean? Like yeah. even, even as a writer on the show, I'll, I will help make yeah. it wonderful. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's like another way that you can get yourself into the show, like not as an extra, like maybe no, you could. They need to write me as Steve's. I want to actually, you know, the role I want to play is Che Diaz's agent. That is the role I want to play. You need to play that role. I That's think like I could. Kill you wrote it. that role I did. for yourself. So, I wrote it. And, it <laughs> and it's went, great. It, it got good views on Twitter. If you're listening from any, anybody from HBO Max, check out I am Che Diaz's agent. I even did a cameo the other day, <laughs> which I mentioned on the podcast, which is so funny. I went off. I was like, the pilot's going well. We've been shooting for eight months. You know, we had to hire a couple of actors, but like Che made it through the cuts and Che is still in the, you know, yeah, gonna be yeah. in the show, but like, it's hard to go on tour when you're shooting a pilot. You know what I mean? Like you have to be in one place. I went off. I was like, uh-huh. it's, it's actually sick how perfect I am to play JD as his agent. Yeah. Well, what if there's like an episode where Miranda tries to get in touch with Che, but she gets you instead. Miranda gets you instead. And then Miranda thinks that Che is cheating on Miranda with mm. you. But then you have to be like, no, I'm just their agent. Yes. I love this. Ooh, throw in a little drama, a little like, because what if Che and I, every time we like see each other, it's just customary to like, you know, make out. <laughs> like, no, I'm the agent. <laughs> Chase posting photos of the two of you mm-hmm. on their and we're social like, media accounts. Like, yeah, yeah. And Miranda is like, party. who is this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The hot Hollywood agent. That's yes. who I want to play so badly. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We're going to make this happen. I'm going to just start making more videos as Chase agent as we get closer to the show. I don't know when it'll come out. Maybe like 2024. Who knows? <laughs> but I'm ready for it. I'm manifesting. I'm preparing. I am acting this role. Um, anyway, yeah. So I have this one line (laughs) tomorrow. (laughs) I'm like, don't worry, I'll be recurring on that show. But tomorrow, yeah, but I'm excited about it. You know, I was like, oh, cool. Uh, A job. I hope that other I've auditioned for some fun stuff lately. So I'm hoping something else will happen. Um, and then I'm going on a trip. Um, (laughs) 
the most employed thing one could do is to take a week to go away. I mean, taking a vacation is the most employed thing you can it do. It is, right? It's I feel gorgeous, like a baller. Yeah. I'm going to fucking Italy. Like, what? Uh, you know, my credit cards, they're going to feel it. They're going to feel the stress. But uh, don't you like it? But I'll spread them out amongst, you know, all of them. No one's going to get too heavy. Just That's little, what credit cards are for. Yeah, I mean, just a little love here and there. Um, yeah. Is that what you call it? Love uh, charges. And yeah. oh, watch me be cut off. I should probably let them know I'm traveling because I won't be able to survive if they cut me off. No. Um, yeah, I'm excited to do that. Although I get stressed, you know, when you don't have like a nine to five job, when you don't have like a steady job where you can be like, okay, here's my week, I'm away. You know, when you do a bunch of different things and you audition for different projects and you write and you act and you're, you're sort of, you know, and you host, you're like, Ah, I don't know. Um, yeah, you could be missing something. Maybe uh, is that always. what you think? It always happens. It always. Whenever I like leave town, I'm like something comes in. But hopefully, knock on wood, everything's gonna work out. Um, and I started. You another, deserve this. Don't think about any of that other I stuff. I started. You um, take this time. Thanks, Ellen. I started another host gig. I want you guys to know about this because a lot of you uh, who listen to this probably uh, watched or watched me on HQ. But I started hosting for this app called Shop Shops. Um, I did my first show alone today, which was super fun and great. Um, so you guys have to definitely check it out. What it's is it? A, it's a shopping app. So <gasps> oh, it was like a QVC I, type thing? Um, a little different. I hosted a game show kind of. So it was like opening boxes. Everyone buys a box. And then it was like, you, I don't know what's in the box either, which is oh, really fun yeah. because I'm like excited with you. I'm like, I feel like it's um, like Christmas, honestly. Can I have this job? This sounds amazing. It was fun. <laughs> You'll like it. Um, I'll let you know when the next one is. It's probably going to be – I'm not going to – that was someone else's show. I was, like, filling in, but I'm going to have my own show and uh, where people can, like – like, people spend $25 on a box and you either get – you know, some people get, like, gift cards back to the app, um, but other people get, like, Christian Dior sunglasses for, like, that retail for, like, $500. Ooh, so little you mystery. don't know what you're going to get. Yeah, yeah. It was fun. I had a lot of fun. Um, so that's new and exciting, and I don't know. That's all I got. That's all I got, but That's cool. I got you. I got you guys, and um, yeah, we're going to have a couple more episodes coming out. Listen to the ones that have come out. I know I've been putting them out biweekly, but that's just because where I'm at right now in life, so we have a new episode every other Wednesday I've been doing. Yeah, um, be happy come- for us. We're busy. We're busy. <laughs> yeah, but you know we love you, and people catch up. There's a lot of episodes to catch up on. I know people are still far behind because I see the numbers. Rob, um, I see you, Rob. Rob, <laughs> you better be listening. <laughs> <laughs> but if you love this episode, make sure you you know rate it, review it, write a little comment. It's nice, you know, even if you're like cool, great app. That's honestly <laughs> cool. that counts on Apple. I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. And. Uh, and that's all I got. Uh, I hope you're all employed and doing well. Reach out to us. Oh, leave us a voicemail. We haven't checked the voicemail lately, but I want to do a voicemail next time. So reach out to the voicemail. Leave a voicemail. Ellen and I are going to do an episode of us just talking to you guys. So let us know your employment status or non-employment, and, uh, and we'll get in touch. Okay, bye. 
Right now, I just want to take a moment to thank everybody who has supported our Patreon. This is your shout out right here from me. Tons of love. And if you haven't checked out our Patreon, all of our videos go up there. Sometimes I just write fun things because I feel like it. And it's just a really nice way to support us at Unemployed. And, you know, so we can keep this thing going. We do it for nothing. We do it for fun. We do it for you to listen to. So definitely check out the Patreon. And right now, huge shout out to our patrons, Bill Horton, Chi of Steel, Danielle McCartney, Lori Jackson, Jeannie Logan, we got Joe Galati, Chris Arneson, Jordan Lucero, Oscar Yuen, Ken Levin, and Vic Terry. Thank you so much. You have no idea how much it means to us, and I appreciate you, and I see you, and I love you. 